Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Yes, we are recording on this lovely March day. Hey, everyone. Good to see y'all. Even if it's not in person. It's kind of in person. It's kind of screeny. So everyone good today? It's what we have for in person, I think, lately. I have to tell you, though, I I was talking about this this morning on our radio show. Um, We had our first um, live express sessions event this week for the this would have been last week when this airs uh for the first time in a while and i have to come up with you know how there's that german word schadenfreude that doesn't really translate Mm -hmm. well but it's shameful joy you know feeling joy at someone's misfortune uh we need to come up with a, a word for when i was at that event with like 30 to 40 people no masks we were all allegedly vaccinated which, which is great, but um, to be in one room with that many people and seeing everybody with no masks on was at once exhilarating and wonderful and absolutely terrifying. And I you know, haven't been able to decide which it was most, uh, but I have a whole stack of COVID tests at home, which I can tap into in a day or so to make sure everything's okay. But I, I, I just, I, I don't care for the Zoom stuff, but it, it definitely does serve its purpose, doesn't it? <laughs> well, there's also that that weird thing about like going out in public. Like this morning, I was like, I had to go to Sag Harbor for a, a meeting and it's like, oh, maybe I'll put jeans on. I'm like, oh, that's just too terrifying. I mean, no, we're going to go with, the, <laughs> we're going to go with the pull-ups. And, um, and then, and then there's the whole thing of just like being in public. It's like, oh, do I want to go like buy lunch somewhere? Oh, there's people. Oh, I mean, not so much I'm scared of COVID. It's just I'm out of practice of actually the day-to-day function of speaking to people and um, asking strangers for a sandwich. is just, I am telling you, it was so hard not to heckle when I was at the regular town board meeting in person because I do it at the whole time. <laughs> oh, wait, I can say that in the privacy of my own home, but maybe not when you have 45 people in the room listening. <laughs> You know, so buddy, we were coming back, um, you know, from the winter break from school and, you know, they announced, of course, this was a couple of weeks once this airs that, you know, kids weren't going to have to wear masks in school. And so my kids were going back to school for the first time without a mask. And I have a daughter who's 13 years old and she had like this small little pimple on the edge of her lip. And she was like, kind of like really conflicted. She's like, you know, in a way for the middle school students, having that mask on it's like an extra layer of protection (laughs) the downside is i think the mask causes it my daughter definitely had a really bad breakout in college she she was working at a restaurant or an ice cream place and she had to wear that mask all the time and her face was a disaster from all that the sweating and the you know the the green somebody did a tiktok a makeup tutorial of just from here uh you know all the way around your mask and how you would do your contouring from your mask up. Yeah. Well, I think countries where women veil, that's what they do is they focus on their eyes and the makeup is, Mm -hmm. is crazy. So it's a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. That was a conversation killer. So, <laughs> all right. Yay, everyone. See, we're in that kind of a mood. Um, well, let me get to the introductions since we've already been bantering for a while. Um, Bill Sutton's back again. Hey, Bill. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. Also, here's Catherine Gimenu, aka Georgie. Hey, Georgie. Hey, Annette. It's Georgie. I'm one of the publishers of the Express News Group. And Joe Shaw is back again as well. Hiya, Joe. Hey, Annette. It's Joe Shaw. I'm the executive editor of the Express News Group. Where are you sitting? Are you at the South End of I'm at the office. Yeah. Oh, look at that. It's really now. And yeah. you know, the listeners can't see it, but um, but the name on Joe's Zoom is Steelers Suck Today. How did that happen? <laughs> Who did that? Can I, can, can, I, can I say that on a podcast? I guess you just I think did. you just did. But I'll stay in there unless I feel like editing it out. I probably won't. That seems like somebody hosting the podcast did that to me. Maybe. No, 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 no. I'm looking at you, Sutton. No, it's impossible to change somebody's name. That's something you did. I did not. Very weird. You did. All right. You guys can take that outside while I introduce myself. (laughs) I'm Annette Hankel, and I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Express News Group. And also joining us is reporter extraordinaire Kitty Merrill. And um, and that, that's just what it says right underneath my name on the <laughs> on the podcast. So I have to believe that Bill has some way of getting in there and messing with our, uh, you know, titles. I'm changing my name. I think that was when the Steelers lost or something. I must have done that. I'm changing it back. Fair too. weather fan, huh? Yeah. Well, I was I was angry, Georgie. I, I, I get that way sometimes. There. <laughs> Hi, Kitty. How are you? I'm good. And speaking of angry, it's a pro segue. Yeah, that's what we're talking about is is general anger. And, you know, out here on the east end of Long Island, the things that make people angry probably wouldn't upset anybody else in the rest of the world. Well, maybe they would. It's possible. But, um, you know, sometimes what is such a small problem to many people in the world are big problems out on the east end. And um, this week we're talking about one such problems, and it is the inevitable timeless never-ending cycle of leaves and that what you do with them when they fall on your property. So there was a, l- a little bit of a, a dust up in, in Southampton town recently because the new highway superintendent, um, was he a supervisor or superintendent? What superintendent. Superintendent, superintendent. Um, was looking to, um, to change the, the spring leaf policy that they had, which was to, I guess, not pick up leaves at all. Is that correct, Kitty? Yeah, what they normally would do is they they come around and pick up the leaves that uh, uh, in bags. And if you're but if you're all 73 years old or older, you could just put them out to the curb and, you know, just get them out to the curbs however you can. And then they would pick them up. And then he we started getting uh, phone calls that they from someone who had heard that they were going to just cancel it all together. And so that came through on Monday. We started asking some questions and we spoke to um, Charles McArdle and we spoke to the town supervisor and we spoke to uh, one, of the, one of the council people who's uh, the liaison to them. And we spoke to some people in Flanders, some elderly people in Flanders who are not happy about the idea. And that was on Monday and by Tuesday they had changed their minds. So on Tuesday, on Monday, imagine that. And Monday, you know, 
reporter extraordinaire, but mind changer extraordinaire as well might be. Pol mm -hmm. Policy changer, Kitty Merrill. But so no, so then what happened is, so he had, to, I'd spoke to him on Monday and he said it was, you know, it didn't seem like it was all that many leaves that people wanted and that the roads, he thought the roads were in such bad shape that he had to like take what staff he had, which he's been saying that he's, he's not overly, you know, he's not feeling rich in staff. So he's going to take what staff he has and have, you know, have them go fix the roads, which are, so he said, are like in just horrific condition. So that's why he was taking them away from doing the leaves. And then, um, so by the next day, so I guess he heard from, and one of the fellows that I spoke to who was, who was just charming as hell, he, um, he did, I called him the next day to say, oh, by the way, you and I talked and I don't want you to feel funny when you see the paper, but they changed their minds. And he was like, well, I, I called. I called and I wrote an email too. And I was like, well, I don't think you were the only one so right. by the next day. So by the next day it changed and uh, early in the morning too. And what it had changed to is now they will come and do the spring cleanup, but everybody has to use the bags. Everybody has to put them in the bags. And one of the things that uh, Mr. McCardle explained was that if he can just drive the trucks down with guys, kind of like a garbage truck where they just pop down grab the bags, throw them in the back, go on to the next place. It's it's so much easier than when they have to use those big like leaf, or, leaf sucker machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I imagine that takes so much more time too. So it's not just equipment, it's not just gas and oil, it's also just like man hours and time. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, so I guess they're still getting a lot more than we get in East Hampton where we have zero leaf pickup whatsoever. Yeah. Zero, yes, big fat zero is what we None. get here. Yeah, the first year that I had yeah. to do that by myself, I was driving a Toyota Echo 16 trips to the dump. Oh my God. We just kind of blow ours into the woods but it's like we're getting that wall of leaves thing where it's like they just don't break down as fast as you need them to so i'll tell you for the for this year for the first time um i finally decided to try it and i simply mulched my leaves into the ground with a mulching mower uh twice ran it over twice um and uh we'll see how that goes but i, I you know the point of that is a, I didn't have to have the property cleaned up. And by the way, I have to confess, property doesn't look as good as it does when I have it cleaned up, but who cares? And second of all, it's supposed to be good for the grass. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see. I mulch, um, my, I mulch my leaves every right year. Into the um, and, and it really, and it really helps. I would do that, but you, I think most of you know that where I live and Georgie's probably very similar. Yeah. We are in the deep, deep woods. And um, you know, when they're three feet, high that's just not probably gonna work it would not work um, on our property at all we were just like we're in the woods and springs and literally our backyard is surrounded by i don't even know how many oak trees you know yeah. and so we actually have to do like two or three basically loads like where it's like raking and tarping and that like it, it we have to do it like three different times over mm. the course of the fall so that it's not just like backbreakingly impossible. And, you know, I think one of the things, and this is what came up, you know, when Kitty was working on this story and people's reactions to, you know, changes in a leaf pickup policy is the reality is without leaf pickup, no matter what way you cut it, 
you're either requiring people to exert a lot of physical activity if they have properties like Annette and I, where you can't just mulch it into the ground, um, or you are requiring people to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. um, to have somebody professionally come and take care of the leaves. So, you know, for many people on the South Fork of Long Island, you know, whether there was leaf pickup or not, they're going to have professional companies maintaining their properties. This doesn't really impact them a lot, but for your average homeowner, and I think especially for seniors, it's a really big deal. That's, I, I wanted to say, Let's not bury the bury the lead. The seniors, um, even though the town reverse course kitty, after you started asking questions, and they started to get some feedback when when word got out of the policy change that was being proposed, they haven't gone back on seniors won't have the benefit anymore of just raking leaves to the curb, right? They have to put it in the bag. And I haven't, you know, I, I live in East Hampton, so I haven't seen what those bags really look like. But I know that back in the day when all this was going on in East Hampton, when we were getting about to stop having our leaf pickup, they did for five seconds. Uh, the supervisor at the time, Bill McGinty, did a, a leaf bag program, pilot program. So he gave me some of the bags This is when he still liked me. He gave me some of the bags to take home. And it was, and so I'm talking, this was in 2007-ish, 2008. So I was a whole lot younger than I am now in a whole lot better shape than I am now. And it hurt. I can't imagine trying to bag. Those bags bags were tall and skinny and there was no, they fell over. They got, you know, I mean, I don't know how, and um, Supervisor Mc. McArdle said you just oh you just rake them into the bag so I don't you know you guys will have to tell me what if that's true I could not imagine that Georgia can you imagine doing that on our property putting leaves into bags I mean like a hundred bags or something (laughs) (laughs) and then well and the plan was I think you had to buy those bags too nobody was just giving them out oh really oh and we go yeah you got to go we bought ours at uh I think the hardware store you know they sell leaf bags that and right. I'm talking you have to get the paper leaf bags which are square and as you said kitty they don't stand up very well and they it's it is a torture device to me to have to try and fill those those leaf bags no question I feel bad seniors are now gonna have mm-hmm. to deal with that I guess or hire people yeah or or hire people yeah I think what feels like a rub too, at least I know, and like Kitty was talking about 2007, 2008, when this happened in East Hampton, is, you know, there are, there are like a few things that you, that are tangible that, you know, when you pay your taxes, you're like, well, at least I get this. And it's really few and far between those things. And leaf pickup was like, the top of that list. You were like, well, you know, they come and get my leaves, you know, and they, and they plow my roads. And so when that was taken away, it was like, really? <laughs> taken away. Yeah. And, and you know what? I have to say every single year I'm out there raking going, Bill McGinty. <laughs> <laughs> so can you take your leaves to the East Hampton dump and put them there? I know, I think Southampton, you can, but can we think we do that in East Hampton if we yes. wanted to? Yeah. Both places. 
both places you can take them there for nothing. Well, you have your regular in East Hampton, you have your regular permit that lets you in, but it costs you nothing. It just seems to me like somebody would have developed a, a, a use for all these leaves. I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of unspent energy that we could somehow, you know, if we could load it into our fuel tanks now that oh. it's $5 a gallon to fill the oil tank. Wouldn't it be great if you just burn your leaves in your oil tank all winter and keep warm? They make mulch out of it. I was going to say, if you stop by the Hampton Bays transfer station, you'll see what the town is doing with the leaves, which is creating mountains and mountains of mulch that is available for people and you're you know it's ironic because you can drive up with a truck and dump your leaves off and then you can drive up with a truck and I think you're allowed to take as long as you do the work you can take mulch uh, from the piles and I think the town would probably welcome that because the number of giant piles of mulch in that transfer station now is pretty stunning when you go to the, the topography of that transfer station has changed over the last five or six years no question so it seems to me the town could make some money then like actually delivering mulch and charging people for it I, that would be a good like income producer no no because you know like, why no. you have to hire union no. employees who are you have uh, to give medical benefits to and retirement and every employee is a marriage for life so that's where it that's where it kind of they couldn't just contract it out. But also, I don't know if they could because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I don't think they have a DEC permit to really do what they're doing yeah. at that landfill. And, you know, we've been talking about this for years as we've discussed, you know, the the dealing of landscape debris in private facilities like Sandland. You know, the town is dealing with, you know, landscape debris at their own facilities without, I believe, the proper DEC permit. It's like wildcat mulch. <laughs> it's not legal mulch. I think that's part of the problem. You know, yeah, it, it comes in a plain brown, brown paper bag. That <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy yourself. <laughs> I wrote a column about, about 20 years ago and said that the town should partner up with Martha Stewart and sell this oh, as yeah. Hampton's potpourri. That, that you can sell it in smaller bags and just sell it as potpourri and, and maybe make some money off of it. But uh, Kitty, in Charlie McArdle's defense, I think his argument was just coming on to the job as a uh, highway superintendent, he wants to put his crews to work filling potholes and doing road work and stuff, right? That's the, the in his defense, he wasn't just dropping a, a service for no good reason here. Exactly. No, he felt he was feeling, and he has said this since he came on, that they are kind of strapped personnel-wise and strapped equipment-wise. So what exactly what you're saying? He he felt that the the need to um, get the get the roads taken care of was far more dire than the need to take do spring cleanups, and they felt as if the spring cleanups really didn't amount to a lot of cleanup that there were not that many leaves that most of the leaves people put them all out in the fall and they don't have that much in the spring but then what we heard from the people was yes indeed they want that service you know, you know there's another question i've always had here um so we don't have municipal garbage pickup we do in riverhead and, by the way and they come get our leaves i'm sure. just saying <laughs> yeah when i say when i say we i mean southampton and east Ham. so there's there's no municipal garbage pickup and communities I've lived in in the past have all had municipal garbage pickup 
it's relatively inexpensive and and just again georgie like the leaf pickup you're talking about it's just one of those tangible things that you get when i moved here 25 years ago i was surprised to find out that the little town i lived in in pennsylvania collected my garbage and my recyclables in two separate runs with a municipal service every week where that's not done here but i've always thought to some degree that's because there are private carters and there's an existing economy for private carters that if you start a municipal service, you take that, you take that economy away. I wonder if there isn't an argument to be made that leaf pickup is similar. There are private services that do that. And I, I, you're getting angry looks from Georgie and I know I, I'm, I'm not necessarily suggesting but I'm, what I'm saying is I wonder if the economics of this come into play where, where the towns may at some point just kind of say, hey, there are people who do, you know, collection. Um, you're going to have to go to them. But the towns do allow you to dump stuff. It's about how you get the leaves to those places. It's, yeah, look, please go, go ahead. I'm being provocative intentionally. I mean, you're talking about there is an economy there and you're talking about, but you're talking about for, look, every conversation we have goes back to affordable housing. Cost of living here is obscene at this point. It is so hard to just stay here. And I'm talking as like successful professionals. It's challenging, let alone if you're on a fixed income. So you're, you're asking people to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars extra a year to have somebody come in as a professional and deal with their leaves in some cases. I mean, I think that we were quoted to have our leaves removed just one, just one of the passes that you'd have to make of the three. Oh my. I think it was something like five or six hundred dollars. Yeah, my my yard was twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. So me. it's not like and and again. We in East Hampton, where I live, we had leaf pickup for a long time and we still had successful landscape companies because there are so many other things that those oh. companies do, whether it's, you know, trees and, you know, upkeep of, you know, properties and property maintenance. And like I said, there's a whole population that lives on the South Fork that these concerns and these questions, it doesn't affect them. They're going to hire landscape companies to manage everything on their properties year in, year out, and they're going to pay those bills. So it's not like an economy would be destroyed because of leaf pickup, kind of like what you're saying, like, oh, well, we'd always had private carters here. And so that's why the municipalities never got into carting because there was this existing structure in place. We always had leave pickup and we always had successful landscape companies. Um, and I think people would always still hire people to get their leaves to the curb, even if we yeah. had pickup. I know that's, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, even if we had leaf pickup, I'm like, oh, great. So now I still have to do most of the work to get them down there. You know, like I don't see, I don't see you putting any landscapers out of business because we have leaf pickup. You know, they're still they, ha they have the better leaf blowers <laughs> yeah. for now until those are outlawed. <laughs> Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. 
27 Speaks, brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton, carrying a wide selection of new books, stationery, toys, games, first editions, and rare books. Their entire inventory is browsable on the website, SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations. Good podcasts have conflict. So in order to, to make this a good, con, good, good, good podcast, I'm going to put on the devil's advocate sunglasses and I'm going to pursue this. And I'm going to say, well, I would argue that those who can afford to have the leaves collected and taken off their properties will do that through private carters. Those who can't, what's the downside to having leaves in your yard? So you just don't do it and you leave the leaves in your yard. Why is that? It's not necessary. This is not garbage. This is not something that's going to create. Well, like I said, in in our yard, if you waited a couple of years and didn't rake the leaves, you would have leaves up to your neck. It's not a matter of just letting them lie where they are. And then the tick. You also you also have things that start to live yeah, in go them, ahead, Georgie. Jill, like, like, like rats. And also there's this thing called Lyme disease right. and uh-huh. alpha-gal that happens when you get bit by ticks. So I appreciate that you're cool with leaves hanging out in your yard, but I don't want my kids <laughs> to have a potentially debilitating disease. So I have to get the leaves out of my yard so that... Take that, Mr. Devil. This is good podcast. I've taken the glasses off now. This is good podcast. Yeah, but you know what, Joe? We've gotten to Steelers still suck. (laughs) (laughs) We've gotten to the the, the meat of this now. I'm not I'm 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 absolutely simply (laughs) taking a contrary point to make a to make a discussion here. I mean, but I will say this, Joe, I do leave, like there is a portion of my yard and Annette's kind of talking about this because we live in the woods and, um, you know, we we have a a nice piece of land and springs and there's a large, there's clearing restrictions, which I'm really happy about. So there's a large portion of our yard that is wooded and that actually is filled with leaves and we don't touch those leaves. And that does provide an understory that does support, you know, our local ecology. And I, I believe in that I do, but you know, I do have to clear, there are parts of my yard, like I said, that my children play in and that we, you know, will enjoy, um, you know, when it's seasonable and I don't want to deal with ticks and I don't want to be wading through leaves. Yeah. And they don't go away. You know, it's like, it's not enough to just let them lie. If you waited a couple of years, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. So do other communities have leaf pickup as part of their municipal service? I'm curious about that. Do we know? I mean, I'm wondering if like- Riverhead, I saw saw it earlier. Riverhead picks up the leaves. Sag Harbor Village picks up leaves. Do they need to be bagged in in Riverhead? They do need to be bagged. And there are certain days um, that you you put them out. It it goes along with the same day as your municipal um, garbage pickup. So I think it's, I don't know if it's the same truck or not. But yeah, they have to be bagged. There's there's no allowance for seniors in Riverhead. I I always thought the the 73 age limit in Southampton Town was kind of ludicrously random. It was arbitrary. And, yeah, yeah. It just you know if you're gonna do that, I think it should probably be for anyone 65, you know, 65 and older. Sure. I mean, if you're gonna, I'm almost there. 
What's that? One more, one more year of bag. <laughs> except that, except for the fact that they, I, I feel like, and I got to pull up that story. I actually thought we were going to talk about leaf blowers. So I'm so totally prepared to have that discussion that I did not even look up this other. I thought we were going to do that too. But, 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 um, I feel like what they're doing with everybody bags, um, I feel like they can also have that in Southampton town for the fall cleanup as well, which will be difficult for old people. Yes. Well, there's lots of time to change their mind between or they could come up with the campaign. Everybody bags. They could use, you know, get REM to loan them the song. And uh, I'm sure Michael Stipe's in need of a gig. But the leaf blowers thing is still going on in Southampton town too, right, Kitty? The, the, you know, another. Oh my goodness. Yes. In Southampton town, they will be voting on the 20. Well, they say they will be voting on the 22nd because they want to have it in place for the summer, but really in place by the fall. Do you think they're going to, they're going to approve it? Yeah. Do you? So how would that work? Is that going to be a total? A That's what I total hear. ban. I hear there are the votes. I hear there are the votes. Votes on the um, on the board. No, it's a summertime ban. Okay, That's like what they do in East Hampton. Summertime. Right. Exactly. Same as East Hampton. Same as let's see. I went and looked everybody up. Um, Southampton Village has a summertime ban. East Hampton Village has a summertime ban. June to Labor Day. Um, the town has no gas or diesel jet. So, so is there any chance that, that they're going to like eventually outlaw gas powered blowers altogether? Do we see any any will or interest in trying to do that, or is that just? Well, it's hard to say. They may make it so difficult to use. But right now, the biggest argument from the landscapers is that the um, the electric ones are just not good enough. They're not powerful. They're no, not there they yet. And, and one of the arguments that came up at the um, hearing, which was kind of interesting, was the, um, the people were saying, the landscapers were saying, well, you know, if your whole idea is that you don't want um, noise and you don't want an impact on the environment, do you realize that we use gas powered generators to charge our electric leaf blowers, which make a whole bunch of noise and really have emissions. But in East Hampton town, you can't use a gas powered generator to charge your electric blower. So they're a little, they're a little stricter. Hmm. They're a little stricter than in, than in East Hampton. You know? And I wonder if the technology will get better because the, you know, now, like I said, we're looking at $5 for a gallon of gas that, you know, are, are there going to be some uh, some enterprising people who really figure out how to bring the leaf blower thing up to uh, up to par? I, I think the industry will probably just take care of itself over time, and and in time, the, the gas powered leaf blowers will just become less and less available, and the electric blowers will become more and more efficient, and the batteries will get will get better. I, I've said it before. I have an electric. Um, you know, a, a battery powered leaf blower and the, I, I'm not running a business and I'm not running it all day, but the thing works pretty good in, in my driveway. You have to remember you too, know. that a lot of these are, are being used for blowing off grass clippings off of, off of yeah. uh, driveways and sidewalks and things. And that was the, that was the argument for the, for, uh, in favor of a South, a summertime ban was the fact that 
um, and, and the sustainability uh, committee chairman um, just constantly kept saying, there are no leaves during the time we want to ban Not it. Not on the ground. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and I remember I remember working in working in uh, at another periodical where we had a courtyard downstairs, and they would be running that leaf blower, pushing that one leaf, and those four those four <laughs> glass glass clippings on Tuesday mornings in July, and I'd be like, it "Was mine, Bob? It, it, it hurt." Well, actually, the last time I was in the city, I was very shocked to see like uh, along Fifth Avenue, like all of these doormen were out using leaf blowers huh. to blow the dust out from, it's like, oh, geez, that is crazy. Like they're just blowing the, the dirt around away from the front of the building. It's, it's definitely quicker and more efficient, but you know, somebody, somebody somewhere uh, said that, you know, well, we had, we did have beautiful lawns before there were leaf blowers. Somehow it happened. You know, somehow people kept their stuff clean before there were leaf blowers. Because I have a, I have a friend I actually know who who uses the leaf blower just to clean off his back deck around the pool. You know, where where in the past one would use a broom. People people you know? had a lot more time back then. I don't know how, but people just had a lot more time to to spend manicuring their lawns and their driveways and their decks and. Well, a lot of them, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, they also had five and six kids. So there was a lot of like yeah. captive labor. Free labor. You know, Bill, I'm with you. I think <laughs> at some point it's going to happen because the technology, and I, I have to laugh because Kitty, I know you were at the hearings and Doug Jackson, uh, otherwise known as Action Jackson, who, yeah. as, as I've pointed out, is a guy who has a comic character of himself who doesn't really need it because he's kind of a comic character in real life like sure. like he's like a comic book character come to life if you've ever met i love doug he's a great guy i've used him many times and just love having conversations with him because they are some of the most entertaining conversations you're going to ever have in your life. Amazing. yeah but but he makes the point that well we're just not there yet with the technology and i the counter argument i would make is when is that ever going to be the case for the industry? You're going to have to push the industry yeah. into, into adapting here. I think that if you leave it to the industry to say, we are now ready to do this, it'll be 10 years from now. It won't be because those gas-powered uh, blowers are in their possession. They're going to want to use them. And the only way they're going to stop using them, I think, is if you if you insist that they stop using them. So I, I get the argument that the technology may not be fully where it needs to be yet, but I do think if we're gonna push the envelope on this, we need to push the envelope on this. And I think that like, you have to push the envelope on these like smaller <laughs> climate issues because you know, look like our kids are facing as I said to Kitty in an email, like climate yeah. Armageddon is like right around the corner for them. And so like, I, you know, I'm sorry that the leaf blower isn't as powerful and you're gonna need to, you know, put a few, uh, you know, a few, few more hours into your work week to make them work for you right now. But, you know, we switched to electric leaf blower. My husband definitely preferred the other one. <laughs> it was definitely more effective, but this is what we have to do right now, right? And that was that was a um, that was a comment made by one of the speakers in support, uh, basically saying exactly the same thing. There are sacrifices that we're going to need to make for our children so they can breathe, you know, so they can breathe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> Screw them. <laughs> 
Yeah, and Bill also has like leaf pickup too. So I get along Jeez. really well with my neighbors, but yeah. but one of my neighbors directly across from us, uh, very nice, very nice man, but he's got a crew of guys who come and blow everything off of the property, including dust and stuff. And it tends to just come straight across to our house. And so Dana, Dana and I have threatened to stand at the foot of our driveway with our own blowers, mounting a defense, holding them up in the air and just not allowing that stuff onto our property because it always ends, the dust just ends up on our front windows, basically. Well, the other thing you could do is like get a couple of large canvas like frames and put them at the bottom of your driveway and like put like Crisco on them. So when it blows, you'll have like these crazy modern art pieces that are formed at the end of your driveway. There you go. Idea. <laughs> and then you can sell them for like, you know, really nice, like neutral palette. You can sell them like furniture art, you know, it goes over the couch in the giant oceanfront mansion. And I'm all about like maximizing the potential of income bringing an income from these things. Have you ever been driving down the one of the lanes in East Hampton or Amagansett with your windows open while they were blowing it out into the and have it just come right through the window into your face? These are that they, you know, they did a lot of the landscapers have an idea, you know, they want to blow it out. One of the things, speaking of which I wanted to mention, um, one of the things that they did change and people were really upset about was um the penalty phase of if you if you uh violated and would give the ticket to the to the worker, and people were really upset about that at the first yeah. first hearing. And so they have changed that for the town ordinance, where um, they want to see the, the the worker may get the ticket, but once it comes to court, they want it to be transferred over to the owner of the company, which makes a lot of sense. That yeah, just absolutely. Makes sense. What about the owner of the property who hired them? Maybe they should get a ticket. Yeah, exactly. I think anybody but the guy the guy holding the the, the blower is the one with the least amount of power in this equation, no question. Yeah, unless he turns the blower onto his potential nose. <laughs> That's true. Stop. You know, one of my favorite things of the last year that I saw, remember the tornadoes that swept through? Um, yes. Just, just a couple of months ago. Yes. Uh, that was in the fall. And I was racing back from Riverhead to try and beat the tornadoes. And I've never seen that kind of wind and sleet and hail and as I'm driving down Riverhead Road, I looked off to the right and there was a poor guy, wor a workman, blowing leaves in a yard, trying, trying to clear a yard <laughs> in the middle of 70 mile an hour gusts. He had until five o'clock. He had to be done by five and nothing was going to get in his way. The wind was Good actually him. blowing him <laughs> around and he's trying to blow leaves. It was the most, it reminded me, it was just the Sisyphean hmm. task that you know just I, I that was one of my favorite images of the last year it felt sometimes i think about that man and think about what he was thinking while he was doing that and i'll bet he didn't get a bonus uh, either <laughs> i could just see him like you know in that little scene where dorothy's being whisked off to oz and all of those characters are going around in the tornado uh -huh. just the guy that joe saw like in there with his leaf blower yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> an updated version of the wizard of oz so anyway, another one of the other things that one of the things that people were when people were getting like super agitated in opposition during the hearing this past week and also the, the earlier hearing, the question became, so if you're going to why are you picking on leaf blowers 
if you're going to if you're going to you know regulate them what's next are you going to tell people that they can't use uh nails and they can't use saws and they can't use this well guess what i went online and i went and looked at the noise ordinances and there are some local municipalities that say that do have restrictions about um construction equipment and when you can be using it and what time of day and, and stuff like that and i'm going to tell you you can't use a pile driver in West Hampton Beach Village in July or August. Wow. Damn right. Oh, uh, man, there goes my summer. What the heck am I going to do with that pile driver now? Can't do it. Also, <laughs> no pile drivers. I think that's probably the least of what they don't want there. <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's a red herring argument, I think. You'll you'll get my you'll get my gas powered leaf blower when you pry it out of my cold dead hands. Is what that's what that is. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Like maybe for the Montauk um, St. Patty's Day parade, we should all just get the leaf blowers be the leaf blower brigade. Oh my god, go. a leaf a leaf blower um like a marching unit. Yeah, with a little like oh, pop that... music, like what, like God Save the Queen or something oh, like that. We have to do this now. It, it would have to be a float joke because I'm not marching. What? <laughs> no, well, you have to march. No, yeah. I'm gonna sit in a, no, I'm okay. sitting in a chair. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got a Fourth of July parade. We're going to have to make this happen. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? So we have to think about tunes that we want to. Yeah. I just feel like we're, we're blowing gonna... in the wind. No, nah, it's got to be a little <laughs> bit more, uh, I don't know. Blow in the wind is good. We'll have to work on that. Maybe we can do another REM song then, since that's how we started. I love the idea. That's that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking. I'm thinking like Sex Pistols or something really, really in your face, like the leaf blowers. We could do yeah, something really loud. That's true. Yeah. Right. I want to be sedated. Oh, I mean, it. whatever music you played would be drowned out <laughs> by the leaf blowers, all right. Kind of, but maybe we could get them all to be a different pitch and actually play the leaf blowers. Oh, there you go. <laughs> all right, I think we have our marching orders, so to speak. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, Steelers suck. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27east.com, and sagharborexpress.com Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.